the University of Western Australia strives to support students from different backgrounds in their pursuit for academic excellence and beyond. This podcast series, supported by Minta Ellison, explores a variety of unique student journeys. In this episode, we interview Tyson McEwen, a young Indigenous man who's currently in his postgrad year at UWA Law School. Born in Port Hedland, Tyson moved to Geraldton at the age of 10 to continue his secondary education. In year 12, he became only the second Aboriginal head boy in the 70-year history of his school. Tyson has embraced his time at university, serving as the chair of the Western Australian Student Aboriginal Corporation and being involved both in academic and social life. Now, at 24, he feels that he has a responsibility to encourage the next cohort of Indigenous students to use the resources and pathways that are available to them to become future leaders. My name is Tyson McEwan and I'm currently in my second year at UWA studying for Juris Doctor. Through high school, I was uh, selected to go on this Indigenous Youth Parliament program. And um, that's when I was first exposed to some existing uh, UWA students there. And so that's when it really ignited on my mind that university could be the way to go after high school. And so it went from um, seeing these students do what they did and be like, I think I want to do that. And of course, UWA just stood out with the Aboriginal Orientation Program because I didn't do ATAR. So I just looked it up online and I found it. It wasn't with preference with UWA, it just felt like that. But I'm, I'm very lucky to have found it online that day because um, I don't think I would be here right now. It's Indigenous and Torres Strait Islander students already pushed into foxes or areas of um, professions or pathways that might not be suited for them. Um, and I think the common um, myth I find is that Indigenous people are great physical learners, like we have to be hands-on, but that's not necessarily the case at all. So I think breaking down those stereotypes is a um, pathway to go. So high school for me, was at Chilton Senior College. And in 2013, I was elected as head boy of the school. Um, And in that time, I think it was the 73rd or 74th year of the school history. And I was the only second Aboriginal head boy. The first one being in 1986, I believe. And so to be elected in that position was huge. You know, it gained a lot of hype. And, and, and so it should be, but it should be anything out of the normal. And since I was elected, I think there's been a few more Indigenous leaders, which, um, which is great to see. Um, so the Aboriginal Orientation course offer a 12-month bridging course for Indigenous students to, um, to build up the marks they need to to gain entry into mainstream um, university. So what I did was social science units, some creative writing units, Aboriginal voices. And so they really start to ignite that 
academic writing and that critical thinking you do need in mainstream university. Um, and coming to terms with um, deadlines and workload and stuff. So things that we're not very used to with having coming from high school or being a school leaver returning, it's good to get back into that structure on how university works. So I completed the Aboriginal orientation course in 2015 um, and being successful at that, I was... Um, awarded a, a entry into a Bachelor of Arts and majoring in Law and Society. So that was from 2016 to 2019. And I've continued on to a postgraduate degree in law at UWA. It's really big to have this responsibility to promote or create awareness of new opportunities for Indigenous people, in particular with higher education for university. Um, going back to my community in uh, Geraldton and Port Hedland or Broomanrat, I've always looking forward to speaking to um, family, friends, even um, speaking to community members about the, the pathways that university may offer because um, we need to um, push more in Indigenous and Torres Strait Islander people in, into university. I was elected as the WASAC chair in 2016. So WASAC is the West Australian Student Aboriginal Corporation. And I was the chairperson there. So we are like the sole peak representative voice for Indigenous students and staff members. Um, and so we just ran events and um, just advocated for students just to make sure our voice is heard on the, the mainstream leadership platform. And then the following year after that, 2017, I was elected as the welfare representative for the student killed. And it was similar to, to a WASAC role, but this one was about the welfare of students. Yeah, it was a, a great exposure to, to learn about um, the behind the, the scenes of how a university runs from a student perspective and how much support is required, um, not necessarily in the classroom, but outside of the classroom to actually get the students to perform and to continue to perform at the level that university requires. So when students have to come to university, if they're a regional or metro student, there's similarities in their issues. So um, accommodation, have they got a secure accommodation? Um, have they got stable internet or access to internet? Are they the modem of um, transportation? Um, the financial aspect to maintain? Are they eating? The approach, I would say, there's a more of a holistic approach to having a student at university. Homesickness is, um, it's a natural event that occurs. You don't feel it um, suddenly, but over time, after being removed from your childhood to town, um, from your friends and family, and you're down in a foreign area like Perth, it's, it's hard to sometimes and all you want to do is just go home go back to your f familiar surroundings
and the good thing about having um, the School of Indigenous Studies at UWA is that most of the students there are going through exactly the same as you are. So being able to find a community to connect with and to actually help you um, go through that transition um, is very important and I think that's what has led to some of my successes here. So my student exchange took place at the end of 2018 and so I went over to um, America for six months. Um, and so after I said everything about um, being home, sickness and being able to adapt with it, I decided to go on exchange and go on the other side of the world and it was transformational as in I learned very quickly on how far I was, not just from my home but from my home country. I would be lying to say I was scared and nervous about the unknown. I remember hopping on the plane and we strapped up and they say prepare for takeoff and that's when it hit me that I was leaving Australia for the first time as well. And so if you consider all of that, um, the transformational was um, I learned quickly to how to deal with things, navigating through the airport. It might seem easy but very hard to make sure you get your next flight on time. Um, and just adapting to the way of life as well. I find in America maybe similar lifestyle but very different from a um, social norms and the way we interact with each other and so coming to terms of that um, and just a different way of learning um, I think the biggest part for me is that I'm the youngest in my family so I think in my parents eyes I'm the, the baby of a family and I think for me going away made them realize that I'm not the, the baby anymore I've, you know, I'm an adult now and I can do these things by myself and you know, quite uh, lucky that they've developed me to be in that position to, to take these big um, steps in life. Until we've, you could say, walking in two worlds. Um, I think it's an ongoing challenge I face every day, whether it's down the road, back home or in a workplace. There's certain elements that I can keep to myself or I can open up. If it's a newspaper article and someone um, asks me about my thoughts of it and I think that's when it really clashes there because um, I've got to remember where I am. There's always a time and a place for things. So I think in the moment you've just got to deal with it right then and there and then come back to it in a later date. But it is challenging as, as well and I think the hardest thing is trying to fit in as well. Um, you know, going back home um, in Geraldton about seeing a lot of school friends, I would say, who are going really well at home, but we're just on a two different pathway, I'd say, me going for university and looking at becoming a lawyer and they're just happy to, um, to do what they doing hometown. So I think trying to fit in and say, yes, I'm still that country boy at heart, but um, it's hard to, to prove that 
sometimes when all I talk about is um, world issues or global issues. So, so since starting my studying at UWA in 2016, the changes that I have seen has been um, great, in particular in 2016, where the old Reed Library Cafe was renamed to Copper Carning, which means good food. Um, so there's a big expectation on them to deliver. <laughs> and then from there, for this year, was the opening of the new School of Indigenous Studies building, which is a three-storey building for Indigenous students and researchers and staff there. And the building is just amazing. I think every time I see it, I'm just in awe to be able to, to use a facility like that. But also it's it's a great reminder of how um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander academics that have been there for a very long time have created this, I say, legacy of black excellence at UWA. And I think that it's just all been transformed into this building. And I think the students there now, like myself, we're just continuing on that legacy and I think it's going to continue on for, for many years now. I think it's very important because you think about the whole campus or the location there is on um, Aboriginal land. And I think, yes, their commitment to um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander pathways is a good step, but going back to the basics by providing a safer and familiar community for all students to be able to learn about the traditional owners is very important. And I think that's all part of the student experience when you're going at university. Coming from a regional town or from a different area in Perth, you don't know much about the local community. And so um, if you come to university and there's Indigenous named buildings or statues or trees, native plants, and you're just exposing the students to these, this new way of learning and intriguing them to engage more into Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander history. And I think going on that pathway will lead to bigger and deeper conversations happening, not just at university, but in the wider community. I think there's a lot of histories that have been untold. And so it's time to rewrite the, the narrative and to give the promotional awareness onto these stories or the voices that haven't been able to be heard. So providing a platform is, is essential. So in the next five years, I see myself with my law degree as a commercial lawyer. I'm not sure what kind of law yet. I do see myself being an advocate no matter where I go for my clients and for my community also. I think it's very important to have um, existing students think about their responsibility on giving to the future generations in particular at UWA, they run the Aspire program, which is a pathway for alumni, 
students or current students to partner up um, with Aspire and go out into um, schools and to um, run activities and give presentations about university pathways. So I partnered up with them a couple of years ago and I did the Midwest trip. So in one week we went to 13 schools, ranging from primary school to high schools. And so I was able to share my journey as a country student and showing them and telling them that it is possible no matter where you come from or how small your town is, the university has options to help you get there. And they shouldn't be afraid at all taking that next step because the support and the pathways there just has to be taken with two hands. How do I think I've changed over the course of studying at UWA? I would say, to be frank, that if I met myself when I was 2015, I don't think I would recognise him at all, I think. I think back then I was a shy boy that didn't really know what he wanted to do, but he did have the, the passion to, to be at university. And I think sitting here now in 2020, I think I'm the, the person who's found their purpose, I would say, and the purpose being a strong advocate for my community and for my people and, and for myself as well. Um, I've been able to take the opportunities with two hands. Something I'm most fond of is um, my confidence and being able to back myself for what I do, not just at university, but in life. Like for, for example, at law school, I never knew that I was good enough. I always played my marks down to say I was not good enough because I didn't see myself as good enough. So when I started to get good marks, I would always act surprised. And I asked myself, why am I acting like this? Like I should not be surprised because I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm doing because this university has taught me to back myself, be confident in my writing and to do it by referencing and using the authority. So once I flipped it around and not trying to downplay myself, I think I saw my myself and my voice becoming stronger and more confident. And I and I think that's the transformational part from 2015 to now is that I'm I'm not afraid to speak my mind. Thank you for listening. This podcast series is sponsored by leading law firm Minter Ellison and produced by the Centre for Stories. I'm Rita Sagar.